Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff. And if you haven't listened to our show before, Real Cuff stands for Real Courage Under Fire. And that's exactly what we have for you tonight. We've got an awesome life story about a man named Tony and his wife, Chris Davis. Now, when Tony was a young man, he moved out to L.A. to become an R&B singer. And I'm not going to tell you any more about it. I'm going to let Tony tell us his story. And uh, Tony? Yes. Hi, Todd. How are you? Hi, and Chris, how are you? Hi, Todd. And also, my wife is on the line. What's your... Hello. Hi. Hello, Hello dear. So you can start wherever you want, Tony, and we're ready to listen. Okay, brother. Well, first of all, thank you both for allowing us to come on and share um, the goodness of God, what he's done in our lives, to take us through a tragedy. Um, what, you know, the Bible says what the devil does for evil, God has a way of turning around for his glory and for our good. As, as long as we trust him, we must trust him in everything, even in, in the bad stuff. I, I don't understand why. But we still must learn to just, God, I trust you. And that's what happened to me. I had one of those, God, I trust you moments in my life in, in 2003. As you said earlier, I, 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 um, I was in Los Angeles. Um, I moved here from Atlanta, Georgia in the, um, in the uh, late, um, in, the, in the 90s. Um, came out to, um, I came from um, doing R&B, and I just totally decided to go total gospel. So in 1998, I did my first gospel album. I was excited about it, you know, and I kept going, you know, did album number two, then number three. Then I was working on my fourth album in 2003. I was in the middle of that album. I was on my way um, to pick up my wife from work, and I would listen to the uh, song that I had wrote and um, that was part of the album. And I was just, you know, just, hey, this is going to be a nice track. I'm looking forward to going back in the studio to laying these vocals. And I would just listen to the track on my way to pick up my wife from work. Lo and behold... Um, that, that I, I never thought, never knew that that would be a night of horror that I would never forget. Um, as I turned the corner and listened to that music where my wife worked, um, she worked at a boarding care where she uh, worked with special needs clients. And so every night, Monday through Friday, I do my nightly routine of picking her up from work. So that particular night when I turned that corner, listened to my gospel music, bullets began to ring out. Bullets hit the, begin to hit the truck, you know, when I pulled up to the house where she worked. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm thinking somebody is shooting at somebody else because I don't have any enemies like that. So I'm like, I'm in the way of, in the line of gunfire. Somebody's shooting at somebody else, not me. I don't have those kinds of enemies. I never shot anybody. I never held a gun. So I'm thinking somebody's shooting at somebody else, not me. So I pulled off as fast as I could, and I went around the corner to my right and I made another right and steam from my radio to begin to fog up my window, so I had to pull over to the right side of the road. And I had a, uh, my back tire was going flat. I felt it bumping, so I, I had no other choice but to pull over to the side of that road, which was a street over from where my wife worked. So I pulled over, the steam had filled up my radiator. I mean, the steam from the radiator had filled up my windshield, I'm sorry. 
And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I got out of Jeep, and I looked around, and I saw the bullet holes in my radiator there. And then I went around, and I saw my back right tire was on flat. And then I'm like, oh, my God, somebody shooting at somebody else and shot up my car, my Jeep. And I'm like, then I thought about Chris, because usually when I pull up to the house, Chris come out and she get in the Jeep and we leave, you know, we leave. So I'm like, oh, my God, I hope Chris didn't come out of the house. So I ran back over to the street where she worked, and I ran up to the facility, you know. At that point, I wasn't shot, just the Jeep. The Jeep was all shot up, you know. And um, she called the police at that point. The police came, and um, I said, oh, my goodness, Chris, I can't believe somebody would just shoot at looked like they were shooting at somebody else. They, they shot my Jeep. She was like, wow, wow. And so anyway, the police came, and, and I explained to them what had happened, and they took us back over there. Uh, they wanted to see the Jeep, so I went back over there with them, and they looked, and they said, you know what? A 9-millimeter had did this damage right here. The hole in this door is from a 9-millimeter, and um, those other holes look like they're from the same kind of gun. I'm like, what? And, and um, they said, you know what? We've been having issues in this area uh, for the last three weeks where um, gang members are, have been killing each other to join gangs. I'm like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me over here? He said, yes, over here. Um, they are killing people to join gangs. I'm like, oh, my God. I never heard anything about that. I didn't know. I only came over here to pick up my wife from work and go home. And they said, but we have an issue. We know some gang members. We, we're going to go over there and do an investigation, and we'll be back. Now, when they said that they were going to leave me there, I'm like, uh, I felt strange then. I'm like, wait, hold up. You're you going to leave me? They said, oh, don't worry. We have another unit on the way, so you'll be okay. So we're going to go and do an investigation, and we'll be back. I'm like, okay. Oh, I wonder if I can trust this. So I'm like, okay, let me just, maybe they know what they're doing. And they said another unit is on the way, so they'll be back. Okay, so they left me there, and about 15 minutes later, I was waiting there by my Jeep on the side of the road, um, and all of a sudden I looked down the street and I saw the AAA truck coming down the street because I had called the AAA truck to come pick up my Jeep. And I waved at the truck, and when I waved at the truck, it was like everything went into slow motion. I began to hear gunfire from behind me, and bullets began to go across my, ooh, man, across my ears and my face, and, I, and the bullets began to hit the front of the AAA truck, the front of the truck. This guy threw his truck in reverse, and he turned around. He got out of there. I turned to run to get out, get out of the way of the bullets, and the first bullet hit my left, I mean hit my, my right, I'm sorry, my left leg area. I'm sorry, I'm getting mixed up here. The first bullet hit my left leg area, thigh area, and it went straight through. And two more bullets followed. I kept running. Oh, my God, limping till I finally made it to my Jeep, and I sat down on the on the on the tire area, the front tire area of the Jeep, on the left side. And I'm like, I know I didn't just get shot. I just, and I felt the pain. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I know I didn't, I never shot anybody. I know I did not just get shot. I was too hurt to even look down to see blood, you know. And I felt, every time my heart would beat, I felt blood coming out my leg, you know. Just, it was just, my entire pants leg began to, to get, be drenched in blood. You know, it's got real watery, just blood, you know. And all of a sudden, uh, when I thought the nightmare was over, another young man came from the other side, and he began to, he began to shoot me all over again. The first bullet, that bullet hit my right thigh area and went straight through. Uh, another bullet hit the ground and came up through my 
leg and my calf area on the right leg. And then bullets went across my face and my chest. And all of a sudden, God spoke to my spirit, and he said, stand up and face your enemy. Mm. I couldn't believe that was happening to me. So I stood up, and I said, enough in the name of Jesus. Where that came from, I have no idea. <laughs> I was surprised that it came out of my mouth because I was so hurt and disgusted and unbelief that I was going through that, but I said, enough in the name of Jesus. And I looked, there was a young kid standing behind the tree, had a gun pointed towards my head. And I said, in the name of Jesus, you're not going to shoot me anymore. What have I done? What have I done to make you shoot me like this? And when I said that, his hand began to tremble. He had the gun pointed towards my head. He was about to shoot me in the middle of my head. And his hand trembled when I said that Jesus. And he, he lowered the gun. And I began to cry out to God. I said, I cannot believe this has happened to me. God. Oh, God, it just hurt me so bad. Then I began to walk towards light. I was trying to get towards the, the end of that street towards some light because it was at nighttime during that time. And, and I walked as far as I could, and I fell to the ground because I, I lost a lot of blood, and I began to get very weak. And I laid there, and all of a sudden, hmm, I felt my heart begin to stop. It was slowing down. And I began to hear these demons laughing at me, you know, saying, you've been praising that God. Look what that God let me do to you. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. I trust God. Look what that God let me do to you. And I thought about the book of Job. That's why it's so important to know God for yourself. It's so important to embed the word of God in your spirit, man, in your spirit, woman, in your, you know, in your mind and say, you know what? I'm going to trust God no matter what it looks like right now. I'm determined. I am determined to trust that God is going to bring me through this. And I held on to that, and I told those demons, I thought about the book of Job. He said, though he slay me, yet still would I trust him. And I said, I'm going to hold to those words that I learned, that I read in the book of Job. I trust God in spite of what has happened to me. I will trust him. And I held on to my faith, and I told those demons, you can laugh all you want to. Though he slay me, yet still would I trust him. And they continued to laugh and mock at me. Um, and I was just so hurt, but yet I still trusted God. And I, I reached my hand towards the sky, you know, and I said, God, whatever your will is, so let it be. I don't know why this would happen to me, you know. I, why me, you know? I try to help people. Why would this happen to me? But I still trust you, God. You're the only one I can trust. And I felt my heart stop, and my hands fell to the ground. All of a sudden, I had this out-of-body experience. At first, there was a, a lady came out of nowhere, and my heart stopped. And she picked my head up. She had on all white, and she picked my head up, and she said, it's going to be all right. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Why me? She said, it's not for me to answer. It's going to be all right. And she said, ask God. And I'm like, but why would he allow this to happen to me? And she said, let's go home. Let's go home. And she rubbed my head, and all of a sudden I had this, this, earth, this surge that just came out of my body, and I looked, and I saw my body laying on the ground. I floated towards these clouds, right? The 
the closer I got to these clouds, the more peace I felt. The more I just felt this array of peace coming from these clouds, and, and I felt love and joy just coming from these clouds. So all of a sudden, the closer I got, I felt so good, and the clouds opened like a window opened, and through the clouds I saw this huge, beautiful city through this window. I saw colors. I've never seen these colors on earth before. There was light going back and forth. And the Holy Spirit said that those are archangels. They never stop praising God. I mean, it was so beautiful and peaceful. To my right, I felt like nothing but just joy. Like, and I heard a, 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 like a waterfall, like a little scream of water to my right. To my left, I felt nothing but like mm, peace, you know, just a lot of peace. And down the center was just love nothing but pure love and all of a sudden these clouds came and encircled me and it was the arms of God and he said to me it's going to be alright I'm like but oh my God this is so beautiful I feel so good all of my pains went away all of my shame all of my hurt all of my why me everything went away from me and I felt like I was a part of pure love and God said to me hmm it's not yet your time go back I said no, 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 no. I, I, I don't want to go back. Let me stay here. And I'm telling you, Brother Todd, I felt like everybody's supposed to be there. I don't care what color you are, what you look like, where you came from. I felt like when Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place, I felt like that was the place that Jesus said he went to prepare. I really felt like that. And I felt like that place was heaven. It was so peaceful. It was beautiful. I mean, there's colors that... They are, those colors are not on earth. I've never seen. There was one color I recognized, and it was way off in the city. It was this long, tall pole, like a pillow, holding up a, 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 like a building. It was a long, tall pole, and I saw this, this gray-looking uh, um, uh, color, in that, and it was like white lightning going through it. It was like lightning had struck the pole or something, which is, I saw the bone white with gray streaks of light through those poles and that's the only color I did recognize that I saw there and it was just the, the love was just unbelievable I've never felt that so that, that much love and, and felt like so I belonged there and it, it was, I just felt free and um, all of a sudden he said my name Tony your work is not done I need you to go back there's a message I need you to deliver to my people I said no please don't do, I don't want to go back and he said, my name, Tony, your work is not done. Deliver this message to my people. And I heard a blow. And I began to go backwards. My hand was, was going through clouds. I was trying to grab something. And I was screaming, please don't do this to me. Please, I don't want to go back to that cruel world. I don't want to go back there. And I went back as far as I could. My hand was going through clouds. And, and all of a sudden, I fell into this darkness. Then I breathed. And when I breathed, I opened up my eyes. I was back in this world, and a doctor was about to put this sheet over my head because I was dead. But I breathed, and when I breathed, he dropped the sheet, and he ran out the room. I looked around, and I was so hurt coming back to this world. It hurt me so bad to experience this place again. And then I looked, there was a tube coming from my throat, and I'm like, why is this tube coming from my throat? I'm saying it to myself. And then I just shook my head in, in disbelief, and then I, I, fell, I fell asleep. I went into a sleep. Hmm. Um, 
all of a sudden, uh, I don't know if it was a couple of days later or whatever, I remember seeing people coming in and out praying for me, my pastor and friends and family crying over me. And, and all of a sudden, I remember finally coming to, and um, the doctors came in the room, and I was getting all this bad news. You know, my wife was sitting there. She was praying, and she was so hurt. And I looked at her. I said, Chris, I, you know, I just shook my head. And the doctor said to me, Mr. Davis, you're lucky to be alive. You know, you were dead for 30 minutes. You died in the ambulance. They brought you back. You got on the table. You died again. We brought you back. It was literally over 30 minutes of death. But you're here. And and I saw that tube, and I'm pointing at the tube, and and um, the doctors just shook their heads, you know, and went out the room, and, and I just, tears ran across my face. And I remember he came back in the room and said, Mr. Davis, we, we, we're sorry, you know, um, you died, and we, we, we had to do an emergency trait, and we mistakenly cut a piece of your vocal cord. So you won't be able to talk anymore, but we can put a plastic box on the side of your throat, and you can speak out of the box. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, I couldn't say that, but in my head, in my mind, I'm like, you, I just shook my head, no, no way, no way. I, well, especially, I especially since you were a singer. Yes, I'm a, I mean, working on my fourth album for God, I mean, I love God. I love, I mean, I'm totally sold out to gospel. I mean, I totally came from R&B and just totally changed that, closed that door and totally sold out. I mean, I was doing like four or five services a Sunday of singing around the L.A. area of different churches. I was just on fire for God. I had the energy. I had the love. Hey, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in it for God. So when they, they told me I wasn't going to talk anymore, I just shook my head and I can't believe this. And Chris fell down. She was crying. She just fell to her knees just weeping about it, you know. And um, I just shook my head and laid there with disbelief. And so the doctor told me, we got to just, I hate to tell you this, this is a little bit more bad news, but you're going to make it through this, Mr. Davis. You're going to make it. He said, your left leg, your left leg is dead. We, we put a plastic stent there. It's not working. Um, they shut out your main artery. That blood flows through it from your heart. Your main left, there's a, va- a main valve there called some artery. I forgot the name. But anyway, it, it, it was shot loose by one of the bullets. And so you bled to death. That's how you died. Um, we put a plastic scent there. It's not working, so the leg still is dead. So we're going to have to amputate. I'm like, what? I mean, I couldn't say that, but I'm like, had this look on my face. You've got to be kidding me. You're about to amputate my leg, my, my voice. I'm not talking. And, oh, my God. And I laid back and just shook my head. I uh, just l- looked up to God. Like, I can't believe man is telling me that I'm about to, all this has happened to me? No way. And um, I just began to pray. And I, um, they prepped me to cut off my leg. They marked, the, marked above my knee, my left leg. They marked it above the knee. And um, they put a circle on the side of my throat to place the box to speak out of. Hmm. So I went to sleep that night, getting ready for the operation the next morning. But all of a sudden, there was a miracle. There was a miracle that happened that night. 12 o'clock midnight, I was laying in that room. And God came in that room. It was the Holy Spirit came in that room. The room got real warm. Everything was quiet around me. Everything. I can hear cars outside the hospital because I was in this hospital downtown L.A. 
and I couldn't hear no cars. I couldn't hear anything. It was just total silence. And all of a sudden, the room got warm, and God spoke to me. He said one word. He said, forgive. I said, forgive? You've got to be kidding me. Look what happened to me, and you're telling me forgive. And, I mean, I can speak out of my mouth, but I'm saying all this out of my spirit, you know, out of my, you know, through my mind. I'm just saying these things because, I mean, I'm, I'm just totally just hurt and disgusted and unbelieved what had happened to me. And it, he said, forgive. He said, if you forgive, I'll make you whole. I'm like, oh, my God. You telling me to forgive? Look what they did to me. Look what they look. I never, I never shot anybody. I never held a gun. Are you telling me to forgive, God? He said, if you forgive, I will make you whole. I wrestled with that thing for a moment. I was crying. That tube, blood, blood was coming from around the tube area. I was just so hurt. I just couldn't believe it. And I thought about that thing. I said, you know what? I've been trusting God all these years. And I trust him up to this point. I said, you know what? It's not a feeling. I'm going to take a chance on this, God. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. I choose to forgive. I let it go. I give it to you. I release it to you. So I gave it to God. I pushed it away from me. All that hurt, that disgust, that why me, I gave it to him. I seriously just turned it over to him. No more. No anger. No, I give it to you. Now do something, please. And I gave it to him, and all of a sudden, the room got extra warm, and I felt something touch my leg, and I felt a warm feeling in, in, inside of my leg, and it was like things began to come together inside of my leg, and I said, thank you, Jesus. It went up to my throat, and I felt stuff being mingled together in my throat, and I had my hands raised, saying, hallelujah, thank you, God. You said you would never leave me nor forsaken me, God. And I fell into this sleep. Oh, I felt so good. Oh, my goodness, God operated on me. I felt so good. I fell into the sleep. And the next morning, I felt something. It was about 6 o'clock in the morning. I felt something touch that left leg. And I jumped the leg and I opened up my eyes. There was doctors all around me. And they was getting ready to amputate the leg. And they were showing the other intern doctors of how they were going to cut the leg off and da, da, da. And then um, I jumped the leg. And the doctor was like, whoa. Everybody jumped back like, wait a minute. This leg is alive. Wait. And they began to turn and twist the leg like, wait a minute. Can you move your leg again? And I wiggled the toe, and they were like, oh, my God. They, oh my, they didn't say, oh, my God, I did. But they were like, wow, 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 there's life in this guy's leg. Oh, wow. And they, they began to punch the leg, you know, like tap the leg and all. They rushed me into x-ray and looked through, and they did test. They said, we don't know what's going on in this room, but that leg is alive. The doctors couldn't believe it. And... I'm like, thank you, Lord. I, and I, I went on back into a sleep again. I felt so good. I said, you said you would never leave me. And I woke up the next morning, I think it was. And I remember the doctor coming in the room, and he said, Mr. Davis, if you could just say one word out of your mouth, I mean, we will not have to put that box on the side of your throat. I mean, it's some strange things going on in this room. And if you could just say something, I mean, it will show. You know, just, just say one word if you would try. He took the tube off. I couldn't breathe. He put it back on. He said, you've got to have faith. And when he said that to me, it, it felt like, I felt like God was speaking through him to me. And I'm like, okay, I know God is in this room because why would he say something like that to be a doctor? And so um, he tried it again. He said, breathe. And I breathed in, and, and he took the tube off, and he said, say something. And I said, Jesus. And 
He's like, oh, my goodness, look at you. And he sold the hole up, and I've been talking and praising God ever since that moment, ever since that time. My voice came back. My leg came back to life. It was unbelievable. And they called me the miracle man on that entire floor of the hospital. And I've been walking and talking, and I went forward to finish up my albums. Praise God. I finished up the, the, first, the fourth and the fifth album, got finished. And um, all of a sudden, God touched his man's heart, that, and his man called me. He saw me on TBN, and <clears throat> he came. He called and said, God told him to help me do my movie because I've been talking about doing my movie. But before the movie, I, 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 let me back up a little bit. I did a book. I did a book in 2006. I did a book called Heaven is Real. Um, and it was about my life story. And, and from the book, God told me, you're going to be doing a movie. You know, I'm like, okay, God, I was praying one, one evening. He told me that you're going to be doing a movie. I'm like, I don't know how we're going to do this. There's a lot of money to do a movie. He said, just begin to speak it. I begin to speak it into the atmosphere. I begin to tell people and, and, and just believe God for a movie. And I was on TBN, like I said, and, and, and I, I, I told the people that God told me I'd be doing a movie one day, and, and I believe God, you know. And all of a sudden, I got a call from Boston. This man said that God told him to, to invest in my movie, and he sent the money and to go forth to do a movie. And we was able to go forth, and I got Lou Gossip Jr. to do the voice of God in the movie, and we finished the movie. And I, I'm just totally blown away of how incredible this walk has been. It's been hurtful. It's been disgusted disgusted to me, um, very disgusted at, at first, and hurt and unbelief, yet I still trusted, I still believed God, and he brought me through, and that's my testimony. And we still, um, we still um, believe that he can also heal anybody if they just accept God to heal them. Amen. Yes, yes. And, 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 spe- and even in those times when some people say, well, my loved one still died. Well, even in those things, God is still there. You know, God yes. has a purpose. He has a plan. Yes, he is. And when, when, when our life is over, when, when my journey is done, see, God had a plan for me. It wasn't my time to just go on transition. He had a plan, and the devil tried to stop his plan. But mm-hmm. when it's time, or my time, or your time, or their time, when it's that time, just have yourself prepared. So that when you cross over, when you go to that place, wherever it may be, whether you want to go to heaven or you want to go to hell, wherever you want to go, everybody got their own want to go. But all I know is my experience was heaven. And I thank God that, you know, if we trust and believe that he can heal, he can deliver, he can set free. If we walk by faith, not by sight, not by a feeling, but by I'm going to trust him. And if we do that, somehow God has a way of working things out. Amen. Yes, yes, he Aren't does. Amen. Glad? Aren't you glad you forgave? Oh, I am thrilled that I forgave because that's a struggle. It's hard to tell someone to forgive, to forgive someone that shot you to death. It's hard to forgive someone that, that have devastated your life. You know, that I know people that, that my wife has an incredible story of, of what she went through for years of, you know, uh, do you mind me saying, Bea? Um, yeah, that's You know, my wife was, was molested for years, from six years old till she was 15 by her uncle. 15. And, you know, and she had to forgive. Can you imagine the torture, the hurt? 
But when you forgive, God has a way. He has a way of healing that wwomb, of covering it. You know, is, it is it totally gone away? Yes, but is, has it been forgotten? It should be, but it's not. You think the devil's not going to throw that thing back up in your face to remember? But you don't hold to that. You don't cling to that. You don't live in that. That's the past. God said, behold, I'm going to do a new thing. So we've got to walk past that pain to get to where we need to be, where we desire to be, and not be hostage because unforgiveness is like a cancer. It'll eat at you, and it will not let you go until you die. Yeah. So you've got to forgive and let go and yeah. let God. Amen. Amen. And you know, a lot of cancers are caused by unforgiveness too. So yeah. true. Yes. So true. It's a deep, deep wound that constantly carves out, cuts and eats at not only your spirit and woman, man, but your flesh. It, it, it has a way of, of, of popping up through, through those things and just, oh, man, the devil uses it, uses it mightily. That's one of his tools. Now, Tony, how did you and your wife meet? Wow, Chris and I, um, oh, man, that was 20, how many years ago, Ben? Okay. <laughs> 20, 20, 20, 21 April years. April 7th would be 21. Yeah, 21 years ago in Atlanta, Georgia. I had a business, you know, I had a, non, uh, I had a, um, I had a transportation business with the hospitals, and, and I met her sister, and, and, and um and her sister told me about her. She was coming over from Belize, and, and, and um, she came over, and, 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 and we met. And um, the rest is history, you know. Um, I, I don't know what happened. She, I think she kind of she, she knocked me out, and when I woke up, I had a ring on my finger. Wow. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, That's I didn't. I know you had, to, you had to swallow that one, huh, Todd? Like, wait a minute. Yeah. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, no, but, but yeah, but, but, but we, you know, um, God brought us together, and we've been together for 20, 20 years, able to be 21 years. So, yeah, we met in Georgia. She, she's from Belize, Central America. Wow, that's, that's fantastic. I. Um, <clears throat> me and my wife actually met in Uganda, Africa. Wow! <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. How did you yeah, meet there? Yeah. I mean, was it a what type of uh, was it a you lived there or a trip there or how did that happen? No, we were both on a mission trip, and she was from San Francisco, and uh, I was from Texas, oh. and she already knew that she was going to meet her husband. Wow. Mm. And basically God didn't tell uh, me. So. I had been having visions and dreams, and, and the, the Lord was preparing me. But uh, I do, my husband did say that, um, Chris, that the Lord told you that you had to tell your husband. Now, what had happened was that before you got married or was that no that's like um um early on in the marriage it was like we got married in 1995 and i told him in 1997 about what had happened 
And he was the only one that I told what happened. My mom, my dad, nobody knows but him. And my mom at the time was visiting, visiting me from Belize, and he went downstairs and told my mom, he said, how you did not find out or see your child being molested? Yeah, wow. that was horrible. So, yeah. yeah. So can you but, imagine that kind of torture for years? You know, and, and you know, I was 16. He would threaten her, you know, yeah. and she told me the story about all those the threats, and, you know, and, and it went on for a long time, you know. But thank God she, she, she went back and she forgave. Because that's what God told me to do. God told me in a dream, he said, if you want to have healness in your heart, you got to go and forgive. And I went, and I saw him, and I hugged him, and I tell him, I said, for every wrong thing you have done to me, I forgive you. Oh. Wow. How did he respond to that? He didn't. He didn't know, he didn't know what to do. Yeah. But at least for your heart, that was right. a step in yeah. the direction of the healing you needed. Right. Right. I did it for me because that's what God tell me I needed to do. That's good. Amen. I heard somebody uh, once tell me about another situation. When people don't forgive, their past is always in the present. Hmm. That's good. And I thought about that, and I thought that's so true. Because so true. when you're not when you're not letting God heal your heart and you're continuously feeding on the bitterness, anger, whatever you might be dealing with, then it's at the forefront of your mind. So it's in your presence. So your your past is not in your past. It's with you always until you forgive and can let it go. Yes. Wow. Yes. You know, Yes. I, I, let me witness to that because you are so right. You know, as I shared earlier, earlier, you know, we did the movie, right? So we've been doing movie screenings in different cities across the country. And I remember last year in um, uh, November, we did a screening in Houston. And it was this older gentleman there after, after the movie. He came up to, uh, to me after the movie. And um, he just hugged me real tight. He was an older guy with a cane. And he said, thank you. He said, I'm going to go to my father's grave and I'm going to forgive him. And I felt kind of bad about that because I'm like, oh, my God, he's dead. Your dad is dead. He's gone to heaven now. He's gone. Hopefully he's gone to heaven. I don't know where he's gone, but, you know, I don't know what he did. But um, that really touched my heart to think that, you know, it, uh, it took this movie to, for him to go in to his father's grave to say, yeah. I forgive you for whatever his dad did to him. So all that time in his, up to his present, like what you said, up to his present, he, was, he lived with unforgiveness in his heart. Yeah. That's powerful. That is It's a hard deep. thing to do. It's very hard to do because, I, I, you know, before God told me what I needed to do to have healness, um, it was very hard for me, very, very, very hard. And, you know, I said, okay, when God speaks to me, I just say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what he tells me to do and see what, what happened after there. But ever since I went there and I forgive him, my life with the 
with that molestation and never be the same. I don't think about it. I don't, you know, I don't go back in the past with it. I leave it there. I forgive him. That's where it's going to stay at. I'm not bringing it up no more. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. That is, thank you for saying that. I know there are people that need to hear that, and unfortunately, too many. Yes. Too many people need to hear that. Uh, That's why we uh, give the liberty and believe that people who need to hear will hear so that they can, like you said, like that man that was in the movie theater, and it took that long in his life to hear Hey, you gotta forgive. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you think about it, as a man thinketh, so is he. So is he. That's that's the and word. And also, garrison your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Right. So if you're dwelling on all of this trash and just hate and everything, so are you. You're That's full right. of trash. So true. Yeah. And how so can you smile is. and get joy? And how can you enjoy a day? How can you enjoy the beauty that in front of you? You know, um, the sun, the, the rain, the, you know, the clouds, people, the air. I mean, just something. How can you enjoy those things when you're bitter and you're hurt? Everything's going to look gloomy to you. You're not going to find no happiness. You're going to be filled with, with sadness and hurt and pain and why me? I will not dare go back to think about what happened. As a matter of fact, I went back over to that house to forgive those young people that shot me. I went back over there. I didn't tell my wife. Um, it was about a, um, two months after I got out of the hospital. I, I, it was two months after I got out of the hospital. I went back over there. I didn't tell anybody. I prayed about it, and I said, God, God said, go. I went back over there, and I found out that the same guys that had shot me, there was tape around that house. I found out by a neighbor, like, what happened here? And the neighbor said, you know what? Those guys were shooting other folk, and another gang came over and killed all those guys. So I'm like, oh, my God, I came to forgive. And the guy said, the forgiveness for you. Mm. Wow. Um, what has happened to them is, has been done. So that brought me to the mind of, you know, of the word of God when God said, I will turn you over to your reprobate mind, where he turns yeah. us over. To, if, we, if we will not change, if we will not say, okay, God, let me turn for the good. Let me, just for life itself, let me just try to be a better person. If you cannot do that, how can you think your life will change? It's just not going to happen. You know, and you don't even, you you need not to even put God in that in that in that you know in that thought process. It, it's common sense. You know, it's not going to get better unless you make it better. How do I make it better? I have to forgive. I have to let go. And those guys, they they didn't change. And God knew they weren't going to change, so He let them go. He put them in their reprobate mind. And guess what? The devil came in and wiped all those guys out. He brought me back, but He allowed the devil to take them away because they weren't going to change. You know, and Satan would love to keep everybody in unforgiveness because the Word of God says, unless you forgive, God cannot forgive you. So true. Yes. Yes. So if he can, if he can keep you in unforgiveness, then mm. he's got you. 
That's right. He got you, and he will not let you go, and he will keep you in torment, you know, and it, we, we, we just have to let go and let God, you know. Yes, indeed. Amen. Well, Tony, how about you pray over the audience that will be listening? Yes, sure. Okay. Well, I'm here. Let let us pray. We're gonna do a prayer, Chris. Okay. Okay, um, Father. First, first, right where you are, I want you to just sit still, and I want you to look in front of you. Don't don't look behind. Look look in front of you. Because God said, behold, I'm going to do a new thing. All old things are passed away. I'm going to do a new thing. So if you, if you would just take this moment right here in time and say, and say to yourself that I'm going to go forth. I'm going to do better. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to push better. I'm not going to let that, that past dictate my future. I'm not going to allow it to hold me back because I deserve to be happy. I deserve to be, have joy in my life. I deserve to just know that my life do not supposed to be a life of misery, or hurt, and pain. I deserve better because the one that I believe in is going to make it better for me. He's already paid the price. And so all I got to do is walk into my wholeness. So, Father God, we come to you right now and give you all our hurts, our pains, yes. our disgust, our shames, our why me. God, we give it to you. We, we put it at the foot of the cross, as they say. We put it in your hands, God. And we ask you to just heal it right now, to just just blow a fresh breath of life, of healness into the, the life of the person that is listening right now. Heal their hearts, their minds, and their spirit. Set them free right now. And I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Move by your spirit and your anointing in their lives. Show them the way. Let them know that you have never forsaken them. You have never forgotten about them. But in, in due season, they will reap everything that they sowed, every good thing, every prosperous thing is going to come to pass. It may not have happened right now, but God let them know that it's about to happen because you're gonna, they will continue to trust you, walk by faith, not by sight, lean not to their own understanding, but in all their ways acknowledge you and you will direct their path. You said you would do that, God. So we're standing today in agreement that you're going to move by your spirit. You're going to touch your people, that you're going to open up those doors that have been shut, that you're going to open up those windows that have been closed. You will make a way, God. Nobody but you. You are able to do it. You've done it so many times for so many others. Yes, Lord. And I know you would do it for us. Yes, Lord. So we stand in agreement that you will move, God, that you will touch that you will heal. And I pray that the person that is, that is with us right now listening, that they will give it all to you. And when they give it to you, God, I pray that they have the strength to not take it back. Once they give it to you, it belongs to you. Yes. And you will heal, deliver, and set them free like never before. Their life will never, ever be the same because they step it out on faith, not by sight. So, God, I pray right now that you move, that you touch, and you do all those great things. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone that agrees, just say amen, hallelujah. Amen. Amen, hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Yes. And, uh, Chris, uh just one word, double for your trouble. Hey, I accept it. Amen. I accept it. Yes. 
Hallelujah. Well, I want to thank both of y'all for coming on tonight. And, oh, thank uh, you. Thank you, guys. I will have your information all attached, you know, there on the on the website and on the podcast and stuff, so uh, people know how to get a hold of you or or uh, also about, about your movie. And we look forward to seeing it. Definitely. Yes, Dee, keep, keep us informed. You know, we, we, we would love to screen it in different cities. You know, if you come across a ministry that would like to do it, we do it at theaters or we do it at churches as well, you know. Um, so keep us informed if you ever come across those that will. We're totally open. We love to spread. We, we, are, we are independent grassroots movie, and we love, you know, sharing the good news of forgiveness and triumph over tragedy. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Will do. Thank you, Tony, and thank you, Chris. Thank you. Okay, God and, uh, and wife. <laughs> maybe another time we can come back and interview again after uh, the movie is released. Amen. Yeah. Wonderful. All righty. Well, you, you both have a, have a good evening, and God bless you. God you bless too. you, too. Blessing. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. middle of my joy, in the middle of my pain, in the middle of my hurt, right there in the middle of all of my shame. When tears roll down my face, so much like rain, I call to Jesus. He is my every, my everything. everything you are my everything oh lord you are jesus my everything my My peace of mind, my peace 
thank you, Jesus, for healing my body, Lord. Thank you for making me whole once again, Jesus. When the devil came in like a rushing flood and tried to take my joy, thank you for showing up in my situation, Jesus. Lord, I'm so grateful unto you. You're my everything, Jesus. I can't live without you. I can't breathe without you, Lord. I need you right here, right now in my life, in my situation, Jesus. Let me. 